Dear Ate Charo, No wait, this isn't a maalaala mo kaya episode. But we won't blame you if you think it is because it features the inspiring stories of two women who faced adversities and eventually overcame them. But don't worry, as with most Banana Key podcast episodes, this won't just be all about trauma. In this episode, I interview my two good friends, Tyne and Zenny, who have these things in common. One, they were my college classmates in Sambuanga City. Two, their family's needs prompted them to leave the Philippines and become overseas Filipino workers. Three, they are now citizens of Western countries. And four, this all happened with bloopers along the way. I guess that's why we're friends. Birds of the same feather flock together. Am I right? Welcome to Banana Key Podcast. <laughs> Hi, Dee. Bonjour. That's Tyne. If she sounds familiar, it's because she has guested in a couple of other episodes previously. She's currently a citizen of Canada, and she will be telling us about the journey that led her there. Uh, my story actually started with just how typically an OFW story begins. Mm-hmm. My mother was sick at that time. I was the breadwinner. So I took it upon myself to look for a better opportunity to help my family. I would remember the at that time, every night after work, I would go to the coffee shop to browse over the internet for any potential job placements uh, abroad. I think I have already sent out hundreds of applications abroad. I was even close to, I think, being sold to white slavery. I don't what? even know if that was the case up to this day. Oh my God. Uh, because I guess out of my desperation, um, so I had a client who used to be doing placement for an accounting job in Afghanistan. 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 Oh my God. Okay. Yes. But mind you, the pay is high right. with hazard pay. Obviously, wow, because okay. in the middle of the war zone, right? So <laughs> not, not minding that, I even like, took the risk. Uh, and what's riskier is that I don't know personally this client. Uh, I got on a plane to Manila from Zamboanga, bought a plane ticket charged to my credit card equivalent to my one month salary then. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was just told to go with them. Uh, so they housed me actually. I think it's their servant's quarter at that time. <laughs> I went with them to Subic the whole day, being told that I would be meeting an American interviewer. The whole day I was with them, I didn't meet anyone. Until evening came, D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we went back to the quarters, I was told that I should get dressed up nicely. <laughs> Skimpy dressed. <laughs> Skimpy dress. This sounds suspicious. Okay. I know. And put my makeup on uh, because we're going to meet supposedly the American interviewer in a club. Okay. That doesn't sound like a legit interview, right? (laughs) And then what happened? Hmm. The moment that they told me to get dressed up and put my makeup on, I was already scared. I felt that there was something different already. Yeah. And and you were very young back then, right? This was in your early 20s. Yes. But then like, thank God it didn't happen. They called me and they told me that, oh, the interviewer decided not to push through. 
So I just went home the following day. So you wasted an entire month's salary on something that didn't pan out to anything. Okay. Yes. But I had to take the risk, right? Because I was desperate at that time. (laughs) Your job at that time was actually for a local bank, right? Yeah. So if you think about it, you were already working for a bank, but still it wasn't enough to sustain your family's needs. That is why you needed to leave the Philippines. Yeah. And remember, I was working in Zamboanga, right? Yeah. The pay is not as good as if you were to work in Manila. Mm -hmm. I remember that time I just live by you know paycheck to paycheck my paycheck isn't even enough to pay for our groceries and i had a sick mother at that time and we had actually incurred a debt from her operation so that's the main reason why i felt strongly that i had to work abroad in order for us to pay that debt so i was already at my wits end at that time i didn't know what to do and so i think you could say that there is always a blessing yeah <laughs> yeah it comes to you by surprise So one day, I got an email from a good friend, uh, Maya. It said there that there is a company uh, based in Curacao that's Mm -hmm. uh, looking to establish their first office in Asia. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to look for, you know, applicants in the Philippines. Right. So they wanted to test first five of us to go for the interview. And then they would see if the quality is good. Thankfully, all the five of us were impressive, I think. (laughs) So you said they were establishing an office in Asia, but this wasn't in the Philippines, right? This was in Singapore. But they wanted to get the applicants from the Philippines. So they interviewed the five of us. And then thank God we all passed. Right. And they interviewed 17 others. So there were 22 of us who went to Singapore altogether. But your interview, was that in Sambuanga? It was in Manila. So I had to, again, after that incident, <laughs> I think after two months, uh-huh. I didn't even, I think, pay my my plane ticket yet, yes. which was charged in my card. Right. I had to fly back again to Manila. I remember my mom was even asking, are you sure this time? So I had to take the risk, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I took the risk. I had the interview and that's what happened. I think it was only two months after that and we were already doing our placement requirements going to Singapore so it was in April 2008 we flew to Singapore even so D we also had to pay for the agency fee and how much did you pay do you remember it was uh, around uh, 2,500 which was uh, 75,000 pesos at that time which is a huge amount did you have to pay that up front or how, how did that work uh, we had to pay it into salary and that is why when you moved there I remember when you started out, you posted these photos where you were in an empty house and you were eating your meal on the floor. When I look back on that day, I can't help but get teary-eyed because I can almost remember how it felt like having no stuff at home. We just put like newspaper on the floor. We were so happy then because that was the first time that we got to actually cook adobo on a rice cooker. Everyone was just like happy and feeling grateful because just to tell you a backstory, the way we actually got into Singapore is not through a legit agency. Mm. It wasn't through POEA. Although there was an agency, mm-hmm. but that wasn't registered oh my uh, God. Okay. <laughs> legally. That's why we had a very difficult experience passing through the immigration borders <laughs> <laughs> going out of the Philippines. Sorry, immigration officers. <laughs> so you arrived in Singapore in 2008, okay? And then um, how long did you stay there? So I was there from 2008 to early of 2014. Oh, so that's 
six years. So why did you decide to move to Canada then? It's different things altogether. Uh, when I was in Singapore, my mindset was actually to work and earn for my family. Uh, so I had to work and send money to the Philippines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly for the purpose why I went to Singapore. But I guess I came to a point in my life where I said that, hey, I should be looking for a place where I would find myself retiring or, you know, residing for a long term. Singapore is a nice place. I'm very grateful for Singapore, but I just didn't feel that I would stay there. And I, I didn't even like apply for PR there because at that time I felt too that it was hard for us to have our work permits renewed at that time. So I yeah. thought that, well, maybe it's harder to even like apply for PR. Yeah, I think especially towards, as you said, uh, around those years, maybe after 2010, a lot of Filipinos I know applied for PR, but I don't think anyone got approved. Yeah. And also the, I think because I was in Singapore for too long, I've experienced the work culture there. I think it's more embedded in the Asian work culture, people are more workaholic, yeah. um, more career-driven. So I guess that didn't resonate with me at that mm-hmm. point in my life. I, I wanted to have more of like a work-life balance already and start okay. looking for a place where I could settle down, you know, have time for my future families. And also it happened that in 2012, I got to visit my family here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, and I fell in love with Canada. How welcoming and warm the people are here okay they're very chatty actually i was surprised i was just at the bus stop and a, a lady would you know would tell me hi how are you the how are you second sentence which is in every greeting or mm-hmm. from canadians here is not intended to really ask for an answer but oh, okay <laughs> So back then, I would really spend time thinking what I should answer. And then the lady was not even looking at me anymore. So, okay. so yeah, but, but okay, that's just contradictory to what I just said. But I just found that they're more family-oriented here. So I think I found that very inviting. That's why I did the move here. Right. Okay. So your family there is actually your sister, right? And mm-hmm. her husband and her kids. So how did you... Uh, move then after you have made the decision then how did you go about moving I was just blessed when I decided to move here there was an opening in our Toronto office Mm -hmm. so I went ahead with the interview and thank god I got the job but because it was a different department my approach was to really know the ins and outs so I opted to get the role lower than what I had in Singapore I was manager in Singapore Mm -hmm. so I had to take the supervisory role in Toronto. Okay. To also have respect for what is needed here, because in here, the just to let you know, they mm-hmm. do have this term as Canadian experience. Oh, okay. So for people who would want to migrate here. Especially for those who are coming here as an immigrant family. Right. Usually what happens is that you really have to start from scratch. I see. Um, not okay. necessarily that you could learn a job similar to what you had in the Philippines. Ah. But it's very important for them to have that Canadian experience of at least two years, I guess, before you can even work towards realigning your job to what you used to do in Singapore. Okay, you moved internally and the company paid for your allocation and all that, which is good, right? So you moved to Toronto. Yeah, and and two years into Canada with the same company, they also sponsored uh, for my PR, permanent residency. And then after three years, thank God, I was able to obtain my Canadian citizenship. Wow, that's good, right? Because within five years, you were able to accomplish that. 
for us in Singapore. <laughs> in, yeah. yeah, six years and you didn't even get to PR status. So it says a lot about how the government is very supportive of the immigrants. So the company sponsored me and maybe that's because of the mandates of the government. Okay, so what's the main difference between Singapore and Canada that you felt when you moved there? I think work-wise, they're mm-hmm. very family-oriented here. Right. Uh, I The first thing I noticed, Dee, is that they wouldn't even like set events on a Friday because oh. they respect that towards the weekend, it's going to be you know your time for the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also noticed that some of my bosses actually get to go home at 4.30, you know, because they had to fetch their kids. Ah. The first year I was here I could really tell myself "Mm, this is the kind of like family life I like (laughs) definitely a work-life balance here yeah so that's good then aside from that I guess the weather is one other thing that's the main difference exactly yeah (laughs) I think the weather is a very popular topic here it's like almost your starter uh, to any conversation so when you end up with someone in an elevator you could easily anticipate that that's the first question the other person will ask you how's the weather today how do you find the weather is it hot is it cold Oh my gosh, yeah. So it's all about the weather because weather is such a big thing here in Canada. Uh, you're talking about Canadian winter, right? So it's... Yeah. <laughs> Would you say that there's a big Filipino community in Canada or in Toronto specifically? I am just blessed, I guess, D, because I was in a Singles for Christ community and mostly they were Filipinos. Most of them were actually born and raised here. Oh. Yeah, and so that's why I guess I didn't feel homesick because first off, I was living with my sister's family and also I had a community in Toronto, mainly uh, Filipinos. So that's why. Oh, okay. So I guess um, I would like to ask you the same question that I was asked last time. Taking all those risks that you did, almost being trafficked maybe. We don't really know for sure. But, you know, paying for those plane fares and paying Mm. for that one month salary worth mm. of agency fee would you say all that was worth it to end up where you are now for sure D, i would not have it in any other way than how i actually ended up here <laughs> where i am now what i would say is that for anyone out there who is thinking of working abroad mm-hmm. who is in the same path as I was in mm-hmm. or you feel like you are lost somewhere <laughs> missing your family I would say that the only reason why I got here was mainly I guess for the love of my family mm-hmm. they gave me purpose every time I walk up each day feeling homesick uh, feeling tired from work and whatnot I would always get up with a purpose of oh I gotta send money to the Philippines right okay right. how many more days then I can send back money again mm-hmm. oh I can pay already our debts I can bring my family to Hong Kong I can already have my mom finally enjoy traveling wherever she wants yeah you know those are I would say fruits of my hard work yeah, yeah. definitely the two of us when we were kids we were both in Sambuanga and we were not afraid to dream I guess we not only dreamed but we actually decided to take risks in order to fulfill those dreams and that is why we ended up somewhere that is completely different from what we were used we're to right there. so yeah yes. <laughs> I guess the good message to impart to the listeners is if if you have a dream, don't be afraid to pursue it. Yeah, and you'd always have to take risks because you would never know how beautiful things would turn out to be. Yep, exactly. So Zenny, hello. Hi, everyone. 
That's Zenny. In our episode 4, which is about how we became OFWs, I shared a story about how I left Zamboanga. Here's a clip from that episode. One day, my friend who was at the time working for KPMG Makati suddenly texted and said, Hey, we have job openings in audit. Nice. So okay. do you want to apply? Hmm. And I don't know because I was miserable. I just, you know what? I'm going to do this. I didn't really have any money at the time. <laughs> I waited until I got my salary. Hmm. And then I tendered my resignation. And then I told my other classmate, like, why don't we go to Manila? Because she was also miserable in her job. Hmm. And we both felt that we should do this now while there was an opportunity so she resigned as well and then we booked one-way tickets to Manila and then we told another friend that we were going we weren't inviting her we just said oh we're going she said yeah I'll join you okay suddenly there were three of us wow (laughs) (laughs) Zenny was one of those two friends now you know how she ended up in Makati after that she moved to Jersey Channel Islands in the UK where she has been living for 12 years here is a story of how she got there I was working in Makati at KPMG Makati for three years. I didn't really plan on working abroad. Okay. But my sister was already almost done with her high school years. In order to prepare for college and to pay for the tuition, I have to find a job that pays higher than KPMG Makati. Yeah, which is not a lot, yes. (laughs) Yes. So I started applying for jobs just in the Philippines, okay. but then I realized the offer is not enough to pay for the tuition as well as my daily expenses in the Philippines. So I ventured abroad, started applying for various audit firms in the Caribbean and then in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of my seniors who worked with KPMG Makati before was already here in Jersey and she told me, there might be an opportunity. Uh-huh. So I prepped my CV and sent it to her. Oh. Yeah, that's how I got the interview. And then I eventually got the job. I was hired in July 2007, mm-hmm. but I was only able to fly in November 2007. So that's quite a few months in between. <laughs> Why is it so long? What happened? The reason why it took so long was because when they already hired me for the job, I mm-hmm. don't have a passport. So <laughs> Oh my God, okay. I have to apply for a passport which took six weeks. Oh my gosh. So okay. for anyone out there who's planning to work abroad, mm-hmm. <laughs> tip number one, get your passport ready before yes, you start please. applying for a job. The most important thing, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and then the funny thing is... So I eventually had my passport and they were Mm -hmm. able to process my working visa. Right. Then I applied for a visa. I got the visa. Mm -hmm. It's all ready. And then went to the POEA office for Mm -hmm. all the other bits and pieces that you have to go through when you're working as an OFW. Mm -hmm. And then when I was coming back home from POEA, I lost my passport with the visa. (laughs) What the? Yeah. And I oh think my God. Heidi, Heidi was in 
in our house when <laughs> that happened and she yeah. found me crying my eyes out in our bedroom. And I said, okay, can you close your eyes and then walk me through what happened in as much detail as possible? Because I read somewhere that this is how you're supposed to find things if you lost something. And then she told me that she was walking down Washington Street and she said that she passed by this bakery. Did you buy something at the bakery or did you just pass by there? I don't remember. I think I bought Spanish bread because I really <laughs> like Spanish bread and I was like hungry at that time. And I also was imagining what she was going through and I suddenly remembered something as well that actually when I was walking home in that street, there was a sign on the gate beside the bakery advertising lost passport because I completely forgot about that part and then we ran to that gate and it was her passport. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Imagine six weeks yeah. of waiting for your, my passport, then I lost it. Like, would KPMG still hire me? So I, I really thought it was the end of the world. No passport, no visa. It's back to zero. Mm-hmm. So it was really a relief that we found it uh-huh, in the yeah. end. Yeah. And then, yeah. yes, so I was eventually able to fly from the Philippines in November 2007. And it was my first time out of the country. Wow. And okay. on a big plane. When we arrived in Jersey, our employer already booked a taxi for us and met us in the airport. When we went out, the very first thing I saw was the taxi was Mercedes-Benz. Wow. So I was like, oh my God, they yeah. just do Mercedes-Benz as taxi. Yeah. I mean, in the Philippines, the taxis are Toyota Corolla or Kia. Or, oh my goodness, Mercedes-Benz. And then there's also another taxi which I saw was a, a BMW. And also, when we arrived, it was Friday. We had the weekend all to ourselves. So we noticed that one of the things that differs really between Jersey and the Philippines is the opening times of shops. And also, the shops here are smaller. We, they don't have more. They just have these tiny shops on a high street and then there's various shops in it. And then the shops only open up from 9 to 5.30 in the afternoon. They close and then it's so quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Then on a Sunday, they're also not open. So it was a shock to the system considering I live in Makati for a few years and Mm -hmm. you live in a city. It's so busy. It's bustling. Mm -hmm. Shops are open until 10 in the evening weekends it's open so (laughs) it is quite a shocking experience especially if you're new to a place and you don't have (laughs) anything to do but here you don't have that option and then another one was how expensive the rent is here when we were researching about it we thought it was in a certain price range but when we arrived here it was actually double the price oh my god expected it to be like if you convert it in philippine peso at the exchange rate at that time, it would be around 60,000 pesos. For just one person, right? It's not for the whole flat. Yeah, for just one person. Yeah, that's very big. What caused the discrepancy though in your research versus what you actually had? The reason is they have a law here where you have to have a qualification to buy or rent a property. Right, okay. If you're from here, you are live in the island for 10 years, you'll get a qualification, which means you can rent, you can... It's basically the reasoning behind is you are the priority right, in okay. terms of the property. 
Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of options for you to rent and buy a place. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a qualification, so those coming in from outside working in Jersey, not all of them would be provided with housing qualifications. We didn't have the housing qualifications. So our options were very limited. There were only certain um, properties that are allowed for us to rent. So end up rent are higher for those with no housing qualification. So that's the reason for the discrepancy because ah. when we did the research... We looked at the property that was qualified and not unqualified. So we had a shock in the system and we found out that it's actually two times more expensive than what we initially budgeted for. But at least you could still afford it, right? So when you started out that flat that you rented, what was it like? What KPMG did was found a house for us to rent. It was a four-bedroom house with four bathrooms. It was really new when we took on the property so we had our own bedroom and then we also had our own bathroom you get more for your money definitely compared to where we were living in Makati that's a huge difference for you right because you came from Makati we're in our house actually had two bedrooms right there were eight of us in total and we were sharing one bathroom yes. I don't know how we were surviving that but <laughs> That is a huge difference. It is definitely a huge difference. And you have all the amenities. Like Uh you have all the creature comforts that you could Mm -hmm. possibly have. For someone who's just arrived and Mm -hmm. who hasn't had her first salary, it was quite a shock in the system because you were like, oh, this is so expensive. And then you start to convert everything to Philippine pesos. Aside from the housing, you mentioned everything else was expensive. If you don't turn on your heater, your electricity is fine. It's like the same amount you're paying in the Philippines Uh but because we were brand new from the Philippines we arrived in winter we're not used to the cold weather so when we started living on the property we turned on all the heaters so it feels like the Philippines (laughs) in the inside (laughs) okay (laughs) after one month of doing that our electricity bill came and (laughs) We got the shock of our system because it was really expensive. It was around 700 pounds for one month. That is actually a lot. It was so funny because when we saw the electricity bill, we just started. (laughs) Let's turn up all the heaters. (laughs) Let's just wear jackets. Yeah, yeah. Don't turn on any heaters at all. How about the people? What's the difference between the British and the Filipinos? I also have a lot of, you would say, culture shock moments when it comes to the working environment differences between British and Filipinos. The very first one that I noticed is if you want to make yourself something hot to drink in the kitchen, all of your seatmates, you have to ask them what they would like to drink as well. If they want tea or coffee. Okay. It is always a tradition. You can't go to the kitchen just to make yourself coffee and then come back from the kitchen with just your coffee. It really looks Rude. But that's funny. It's like you become a waitress all of a sudden because you need to take people's orders. Yeah. And you know, in the Philippines, you offer, but then you would not mm-hmm. really take the offer. You would just say, yeah. oh, I'm fine. Yeah, But exactly. here they don't. They would tell you what they want. Some of them are really complicated drinks. Like, oh, oh I want tea with just a dash of milk with no sugar. Some would be oh, no. three quarter of a teaspoon sugar. <laughs> 
so it's very like, specific, okay? <laughs> yeah, but you get used to it. And the tendency is when they offer, you're not going to be shy about okay. asking what you oh, want. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Normally, as Filipinos, if you want something, you just mm-hmm. say, oh, no, I'm fine. But deep yeah. inside, you really want something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Oh, but okay. once you get the hang of it, mm. it's actually nice. Because sometimes if you want a break from your computer as well, you can use it as an excuse <laughs> to like take 15-minute break mm-hmm. making 10 coffees for okay. your co-workers. That sounds interesting. Not what I would have expected. The British, when you say your working hours is from 9 to 5, they would really work from 9 to 5. Okay. They would just have lunch break, but they don't have any breaks in between. Mm. Unlike as Filipinos, when I was working in Makati, you know, you arrive in the office in the morning, then you make coffee, then you start working. And then at 10.30, you're like, oh, let's have some merienda. Yeah. And you go out, <laughs> you go downstairs, like a jolly jeep or on the ninth floor of your building and then order some Dunkin' Donuts and a coffee. Oh yeah, now I remember that. Then go back to work and then you take sometimes two hours lunch break. Sometimes you go to Glorietta on certain days. <laughs> Then you go back to the office, work until 3, have a merienda time again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jolly Jeep or Henlin. You know the Henlin shawmai yeah. in the afternoon? Oh, I love like that half price. <laughs> You, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You buy no. that, you have a 30 minute break, then you work, then you leave the office at 7 or 8 in the evening. Yeah, that's true. But here, they work from 9 to 5. 5 o'clock, they pack their bags, they go home. Oh, okay. So, so there's good. no breaks in between except for lunch break. If they're paid to work four hours, they will work for four hours. They don't mix work with playing, basically. Ah, I see. Another one which I forgot is they call you on a first name basis. So even if it's your boss or someone senior than you, you call them by their first name. And, you know, in the Philippines, we call our boss, sir, ma'am, miss, or boss, or <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, tita, or tita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But here, no, they call you on a first name basis. So it was it was also a shock because in my first few months, like I called them, sir. And then I got told up and they said, you don't use sir and ma'am because ma'am is only reserved for the queen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sir is only reserved for those that has been given the knighthood by the queen. So, oh. you know, like Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I started using first name, but it is quite awkward because... It yeah. feels like you don't respect your boss by calling them by their first name. But yeah. eventually get used to it. Okay, I guess my next question would be about Filipino community. Is there a lot of Filipinos there? Yeah, I was very lucky because when I arrived in KPMG Jersey alone, there's already about 10 Filipinos working there. So there's already a Filipino community. Ah, so okay. there's support. So when you have questions about work, mm-hmm. you have people that you can ask about certain things. And it's really good because in the weekends, you have activities, you eat at someone's house or yeah. you go to other places in Jersey together. I was very lucky that I have that when I came here. And then aside from that, there were also other Filipinos that are already here were able to marry locals from Jersey. Oh, okay. As well as nurses. So there were... We're a few, but 
in like recent years, the Filipino community here has just increased tremendously. When I first came here, I memorized the names of the Filipinos that are in Jersey. But now, I can't keep up. There's so many of us already. Like sometimes <laughs> you see them on the high street. I don't oh. know them, but I know that they're Filipinos. I see. Okay. We also have a choir. Oh. Because the parish priests noticed that there was quite a lot of Filipinos going to mass. Mm. And then one of the nurses was a choir member of the English choir. So he asked her to create a Filipino choir that would sing on a six p.m. mass every Sunday and then yeah we just started a choir community back in 2010 and it's been going on since it's just stopped because of COVID but uh, yeah, yeah of course I actually okay. miss that sense of Filipino community you get to see them every Sunday and then you have fundraising activities you have Christmas parties together it's actually a nice place for fellow Filipinos in Jersey to meet oh that's nice in the beginning right you had no plan of leaving the Philippines actually and you just left because you needed money for your sister. But then your sister's college is probably just four years. So how come you're still there? <laughs> yeah, I was also just planning to stay here for just my first contract, which was, I think, two and a half years. Okay. But then the trouble bug hit me <laughs> and I figured might as well stay for a bit more. Back at that time when I had my first contract, I didn't realize that there were other opportunities in the island as well mm. when I saw that there were other opportunities I was like I'm going to stay a bit and save more money because I don't want to go back to the Philippines and work the usual long hours with less pay <laughs> so I was like I need to save money so that when I go home to the Philippines I don't need to work in a corporate office that's the reason why I stayed longer than I have to <laughs> I'm legal, by the way. Okay, just to not confuse the audience, Zenny is not a TNT. She yes. uh, has been in UK for all this time with jobs and all that. And she actually became a citizen when? What year was that? 2015. Oh, so 2015, you're already a citizen. And you actually recently bought a house. So are you planning to stay there forever? No, the plan is still to go home to the Philippines. Oh, okay. It's really really different. Philippines is home. It's where my family is. Even though I've been here for a few number of years, still doesn't feel home for me. It still feels as if I'm in someone's territory and not my own. Despite having a citizenship, you still don't feel like you 100% belong. Yes, I guess that's the right term, belonging. Okay, so thank you very much, Zenny, for sharing your story of how you became an OFW in New UK and I think you shared a lot of information if there's somebody out there who wants to eventually move to Jersey Island which actually is the place where Superman came from yes right? <laughs> trivia Henry Cavill grew up in Jersey Channel Islands his family is still here as well oh really okay that's cool I don't know where they live though <laughs> 
Okay, that was my going to be my next question. Why didn't we go and find his house when I visited you there last time? Yeah, guys, if ever you want to move to Jersey someday, if you're an auditor, do you think that that's still a viable path for people? They yeah, can, they can work for KPMG and eventually transition yeah. over. Yeah, there's quite a few audit firms here, not just KPMG. I think um, the big fours and I think top six they're hiring. Oh, there's it's still an opportunity if you work from audit to jump to an audit firm here as well. And I think, yeah, it's probably also better if you know someone, right? Like for you, you had a senior who moved there. So I guess that's good advice from Zenny. So thank you, Zenny. And I think that's it. That's how we're ending this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>